Welcome to the Health Over Everything podcast, the number one podcast in health and fitness. I am Stephen Z. And I am SoCal Gula. Today, we're going to be talking about five things Americans get wrong about health. And stay tuned to the end because I asked people on social media what they thought people get wrong about health. And we're going to share some of those answers. Are you ready to get into it, Stephen? Let's do it. Let's go. So the number one thing that people get wrong about health is they misunderstand nutrition. Right? Is that true? Yep. <laughs> yes, they do. So one <laughs> thing that they do is they uh, think that calories is all that matters. Is that what do you have to elaborate on that? Um, you know, I'll say calories are important, obviously, depending on your goals. If you're trying to lose weight, you have to keep your calories low enough to where you're in a deficit. So in those regards, they matter. But the composition of those calories actually matter, too. And, mm. you know, you can have fats from like avocados or seeds. Those are healthy fats. Or you can get fats from other sources. You know, you could indulge on some ribs. Like ribs are good, but they're super high in fat. Um, butters, just certain things that are less healthy are going to obviously have a different nutritional value to it. So even for me, like I like to keep. Uh, my fats on the lower side in the beginning of the day like I won't have all well basically I'll do two eggs three egg whites just to keep my fats low because I like to have avocados I'd like to have seeds and nuts so in order for me to be able to fit those things in the macros that I set up for myself um, I keep my fats on the lower end in the morning so definitely matters what you're putting into your body as a fuel source yes it's like it's nutrition right so you could literally eat 7-Eleven, go eat Flaming Hot Cheetos, and you could have, uh, I don't know what else, some ice cream and some Flaming Hot Cheetos, and you could have 1,800 calories that day of just ice cream and Cheetos, and then you burn 2,500 calories. Well, you're in a 700-calorie um, deficit, but you have absolutely no nutrition. You're getting no fiber. You're getting no vitamin A, vitamin um, calcium, any of these um, macros that you need, you're not getting that. So your body thrives on nutrition. It's a it's a machine. It needs nutrients. And yes, you could have calories deficit, but you could be not having no actual good feel and nutrients in your body. So that's going to lead to health problems. Yes, you'll be skinny, but are you going to be healthy? Probably not. Right? Yeah, exactly. And then too, like you're saying, in that example, if you're eating flaming, flaming Hot Cheetos and ice cream, well, first of all, you probably get the bubble guts. But <laughs> secondly, that is not going to keep you full for a very long time. So, you know, maybe an hour or two hours later, you're going to be looking for something else to eat, which is going to make you less likely to stay in that deficit because you're already looking for something else to to eat again, even though you just ate, you know, not that long ago. Yes. So basically... Try to eat nutrient-dense foods and healthier foods instead of just junk foods because in the end of the day, you're going to get more full because you could eat more food. Like you're saying, like candy bars and chips and stuff are very calorie-dense, so you don't really eat that much and to get a lot of calories. So if you are in a calorie deficit with junk food and that's all you're eating, you're, you're definitely losing weight, but you are going to be starving and you're going to be living a hell yeah. life. Nobody wants to be starving. <laughs> like that's just not a feeling nobody likes. Yeah, exactly. Another thing they do is, uh, 
they say that all fats are bad, right? So there's like, oh, I can't eat no fats. They want proteins or carbs or whatever these diets they're on. But mm-hmm. you eat a lot of good fats. Like for one, avocados are good, right? Yep. That's a good fat. Why yeah, is that a good fat? Well, it has, uh, I think it has like omega threes, not the same that's uh, yes. the same ones that are in fish, but it's omega threes. Um, and I think a lot of people may not understand is that you actually need fats in your diet, both males and females. Um, back when I was doing my fitness little journey, well, I guess I'm doing the fitness journey again, but probably like 10 years ago when I was more uh-huh. learning about it, I remember hearing girls like having their fats super, super low and they would start to run into hormone hormonal issues mm. where some girls would stop having their periods, things like that, because they're fat. You need the, your fats to help regulate your hormones. Guys need it for testosterone, I believe. And if you have it too low, then your body is not running optimally. So it's like you can't think like, oh, I'm just going to eat no fats at all. Like, cause that's not healthy either. You need to have good, healthy fats in your diet to help keep the machine functioning as it should. Wow. I didn't even know about the hormonal issues. Uh, yeah. what are some bad ha- um, fats? I don't like, is that just like greasy foods and stuff like that? Yeah. I'd say that like the unsaturated fats. Yeah. Just like when you're cooking a big old thing of beef or, I don't think beef's too bad, but for me, I know like a uh, pork. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I've tried to fit like pork or ribs into my diet, I have a hard time keeping my fats low just because they're so packed with fat. Um, and I guess if you're having it every once in a while, it's probably not going to kill you. But if your diet is built around having just fatty stuff all the time, it's probably not good in the long run. And then also like fats would be like grease, right? Like, uh, let's say fries, they're cooked in grease, you know, like eating a nice potato or a, a yam or a sweet potato is good because that's a nice mm-hmm. whole food. But if you're eating, if you cut it up in fry form and throw it in a bunch of grease, that's a lot of fat in that, right? Yeah. That's so now you're also, you're consuming all the grease that it was cooked in basically yeah. soaked in and absorbing all the fats from the grease. So yeah. So you're not getting... You know, like you're thinking that all fats are bad. Well, not really. Like, yeah, if you're going to eat greasy fries or a greasy chicken, that's going to be bad. But if you're going to eat an avocado and some other healthier fats, I don't know what, uh, what other, some other healthier fat foods besides just avocado. I mainly get my fats. I wrote a lot of them from my avocado and like seeds and nuts. Whenever oh, okay. my uh, my fats, if I need it at the end of the day, if I need to increase my fat macro, I'll just go to the, I have uh, cashews. So mm-hmm. I'll go to the cashews, just weigh, weigh them out, pistachios, uh, just peanuts, any kind of nuts, really. Um, I'm sure some of them probably have a different like fat to carb ratio, but I yeah. think most fats or uh, most nuts in general are going to have a high fat content. And obviously, you know, some cashews are going to be better than a little order of fries from McDonald's. You're just yeah, getting definitely. different nutrients for sure. Yeah. So not all fats are bad people. And uh, yeah, that's good. Cause I love avocados and I love seeds and nuts. So uh, another thing they do is they use supplements in replace for whole foods. right. So I see a lot of people just, you know, some people take 10, 15 different supplements or little vitamins a day. Some people just take a few, uh, like a, a one a day kind of thing. And I'm just thinking like, are you really going to get all the nutrients you need off of one little pill? Can they pack all that nutrients in one little pill like that? Or even if you take 10, like, and then sometimes it's, you know, you're taking a pill 
But if you ate the actual food, you're not only getting that vitamin, you're getting all the other nutrients that it has in it as well. So a lot of people will just eat a really kind of shitty diet and then uh, get, get a couple like one a days or some vitamins and be like, oh, there, there we go. I got all my nutrients for the day. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works either. Um, you know, I'm sure they do help, but they're not going to replace all the meals and all the nutrients that you should be getting throughout the day. There, It's a supplement. It's not a replacement. <laughs> yeah, right. It's meant to supplement. You know, if you're able to get most of your vitamins and minerals in throughout the day, it's going to help you kind of top off on these little ones that you might have missed. But it's not meant to to actually, you know, like I said, replace your whole meals. Like you need to be eating relatively clean as well. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're looking for your health, when I was younger, I never really cared about my health. So I just ate whatever I want. So. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So yeah, definitely supplements and little vitamin pills and stuff will be beneficial to you to add to your diet, but don't make it your number one, um, go-to source for nutrition, like get it from whole yeah. foods. That's the way to go. And a lot of Americans want to take the easy route with just, Oh, let me pop a pill, but you know, go make the food, eat, go grocery shopping, buy the good shit, eat some of that. Cause that's where the foundation lies. Right. Exactly. And then another thing they like to do is uh, that they get wrong about nutrition is they detox diets, right. Are good for health. So they detox like by not eating a lot of stuff, like, basically just starve themselves, you know, fasting is good here and there, but your body yeah. and your liver, like they think like, if I don't eat a bunch of stuff, like it's going to clean out my body, but your, your liver and your, your organs, they do that for you. They do a great job. They're powerful organs, right? So you don't really need to detox. You just kind of need to eat healthier. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen people do that and I guess it's beneficial for initially dropping the weight, but you know, I'm sure you've heard of people doing like the, the juice cleanse where yeah. I'm only drinking juice for a week or however long it is. And I think people try to do that to lose weight. And of course you're probably going to lose weight because you're in a calorie, probably a huge calorie deficit. But when you go back to living normally, like you're more than likely going to pack that weight back on. Like it's not something that's going to be sustainable for a long period of time. Like you're going to, you're going to have to stop it eventually. And if you don't change your habits, you're going to be back to where you were when you started. Yeah. It could kind of shock the body as well. And, uh, right. Yeah. Like you want to, your body, like, and also intermittent fasting is pretty good. Like you could still eat all your normal calories and your normal food for the day and your nutrition, but then you just kind of eat early dinner at like three o'clock, you know, four o'clock. And then you don't eat, or maybe you even eat a little later, five or six. And then you just eat later in the morning, try to get like a 12, 15 hour, like fast in is better than just trying to detox for a long period of time. Cause that's not really going to be beneficial to your body. Like your, your body, your organs filter out the bad stuff yourself. Just try to get on a nice nutritional diet instead. Yeah, exactly. And I know, uh, fasting is supposed to be good for you. There's a lot of benefits to that. So like you said, if you're a type of person where you like to eat a lot, that's like, I think fasting works for those people. So you can eat more in one setting instead of eating like these small meals throughout the day. If that's like not for you, you want to eat a lot. You want to feel full. I know people that do that just one huge meal at the end of the day. I don't know if you could fit it all into one. That just seems like a lot of food yeah. to be eating. But, you know, maybe start eating around, like you said, around noon or something and save most of your calories for the end of the day. So you can have that big old meal that you like. And, you know, if that's your thing, then consistency, that's what's going to be 
you know, important. That's what's going to work. Something that you could stick with to for a long time. Yep. Excuse me. Bless Sneezing. you. <laughs> um, I felt that one coming for a little bit. Came at the wrong time. <laughs> anyhow. All right. Let's. So that's number one thing. Misunderstanding nutrition. Americans get wrong. Try to really dial in on your nutrition and learn about that. And we'll talk about that more in future episodes to help you guys with that because it is very important. Nutrition is one of the foundations. But yep. number two, we'll go to what Americans get wrong is over-reliance on prescription medications. Now, this is a big one, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think maybe not even just in America, but I think just in general, we're in this super like, I want to click my fingers and have everything. I want to order it and have it delivered to my door today in an hour. And I think we're the same way with our fitness. We want to have the quick results fast without doing any of the hard work. Like, you know, take the miracle pill. You see all the infomercials about the miracle pill or this, this new gadget that's going to help you lose weight and just lose all your fat and get a six pack. And a lot of those things, they, they just don't work. <laughs> Without yeah. the hard work, without the de the dedication and the consistency, it's like it's it's not going to happen for you. So to put all your eggs in a basket, like oh, I'm just going to take this pill, I, I don't feel that that is a long term plan that's going to work because then you're going to need the pill forever too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the pills have side effects. <laughs> yeah. Like eating healthy doesn't really have that many side effects, or if, if any or at all, really, unless you have like an upset stomach to a certain food or something. But yeah. I just like. The thing about prescription pills is, you know, they're pushed on us so much and on every TV ad, they have so much money, mainly because people expect instant relief, right? They get a pain and they just, they don't want to switch their lifestyle. They're just thinking like, oh, well, I just get a pill for that. And it's just instant, it'll be instant relief. I'll feel better, but they still have the underlying cause. But like these pharmaceutical companies push and push and push these pills and it's all over and you see them on TV and when you're watching that on TV, first thing you should do is just listen to all the symptoms, right? It is, you know, you get <laughs> so many different symptoms. I can't even name them all. Sometimes there's like 20 of them in one commercial. You're like, dude, do I really want to save like this one little pain for 20 different risk of symptoms? But it's just because people expect this instant relief and instant and they don't want to do the hard work. And that's, you know, just like you're saying, going with America. And they also want to treat the symptoms instead of the causes a lot, you know, just like you're saying the laziness and like the quick fix kind of thing. Like they just want to, they just want to quick the, fix the symptoms. Like, Oh, my, my, uh, my stomach is hurting right now. Let me get a pill. You know, my, my high blood pressure or my diabetes is I'm getting pre-diabetes. Let me just get a pill instead of doing the long-term work they need to do. And this is why the prescription pill business is so huge because of, you know, people just trying for the quick, easy fix. Right. Yep. I think it's funny in those commercials too how when it gets to the side effects, the the voices like sped up, blur past everything. Trying to just, maybe if I say it fast enough, they won't pick up on everything that I'm saying. So true. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think we are caught in that uh, instant gratification phase, and I think you just need to if you're trying to make a lifestyle change, like chances are it's going to be hard because there's going to be the uncomfortability of doing something new and different. But in order to build something that I feel is you're going to have longevity with, like you have to make the hard change. You're going to have to change your habits and relying on a pill to do all the magic for you. I think you're just setting yourself up for failure 
or a dependence on the pill. I'm like, oh, how am I going to lose weight if I don't have my pill? I'm like, you know, the way we view things is it's kind of skewed in that aspect. Yeah. And a lot of people want to avoid lifestyle changes because of how hard it is. You know, me and you both did lifestyle changes and it's hard, you know, every day, like even it's a lot easier now that we're into it for months and months now. Cause like they say, mm -hmm. first few weeks, you're going to have withdrawal symptoms. It's going to be horrible. Then after a few months, it's going to be a lot easier, but you're still going to like, you know, if you, especially for me, like I've been eating bad for 40 years. So it's like, yeah, I'm on a health journey now. I'm feeling great, feeling a lot better. But then I go by like a five guys and I'm just like, oh man, I remember how, how much pleasure and how great it was to eat that food, but you got to stick to the mission in your head saying like, Hey, I have underlying causes and I don't want to get on prescription pills. Right. Cause it's so easier to do that. And another yeah. thing as well is when you go to the doctors like me, like there's a thing called white coat syndrome. So like you get to get freaked out. So when you go to the doctor, you could have, you could have nice blood pressure, like good blood pressure. And you go in the doctors, you get freaked out because you're, you're like, oh man, something wrong with me. Or like your mind plays tricks on you and your blood pressure could elevate. And the doctor will be like, oh, you need high blood pressure pills because they just checked yeah. it. But you're just, you're just freaked out at that one moment. You actually have good blood pressure. So they're, they're quick to prescribe these pills. Doctors are incentivized to give you, like they always say, like we don't have enough time to sit there and talk about your past, what you've done, what you've ate, what you, your lifestyle, like how you're stressed out, what your sleep schedule is. They don't have that much time with each customer. So they just go in there and the person says like, Hey, I'm feeling bad. And they goes, Oh, right, let's take your blood pressure. Let's take your blood work. Oh, well, you have these problems. We got this pill and this pill and this pill. And people are just like, Oh, this is a doctor. We are bred through history. Just like to always respect authority when we are growing up, right? You respect your, respect your teachers, respect the police officers. So then you're like, oh, this guy's a doctor. He's telling me what's right. So a lot of people are just kind of ignorant to the fact that there is other ways to get your nutrition and your health in order without first thing going to a pharmaceutical. And this is what most people need to learn because this is a huge problem that people do misunderstand in America, that you can fix a lot of your issues and reverse them by lifestyle changes. Not all, you know, maybe you might even need to get on a pill for a little bit if it's, you know very high like if you're in a dangerous situation you might need some yeah. medication in order to save you but you can also don't just use that as a number one thing to fix your life because you there's a root cause under there you know like i just heard a podcast this week of a health of health care worker she said the guy was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day drinking four monsters a day drinking six cokes a day drinking a sweet tea and eating nothing but processed foods and he wasn't taking his insulin and he was going in there and wondering why he's sick and I, he needs, oh, I need a pill. And it's like, okay, you could get a pill to cover and mask all those problems, but you need to under get those root causes fixed. You need to start drinking water, bro. You need to stop smoking the cigarettes, bro. You know, you need to go to the exercise, get some sun. You know, these are what Americans are getting wrong. They're just like, why do I feel bad? It's like, look what you're putting into your body. You're putting in a cocktail of poison. It's crazy, right? Yeah, that's insane. I can't imagine that, especially coming for me. Like all I really drink is water. Sometimes I'll have some tea. Yep. So if they drink like four monsters in, in a day, that just sounds freaking outrageous to me. Oh, I know people that have done it. Like I've seen people that, like they used to make monsters that were huge, like big, like almost like half gallon ones. I, I think like they were big and I know people that would drink those. And I'm like, dude, that's like three monsters in one. Like, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, why they're smoking a cigarette with their big old monster. <laughs> And then like, you know, it doesn't, you know, when you're young, you can handle that, but eventually yeah. you know, your body's going to reject that. 
Yeah, you'd think it would almost be common sense that all that stuff is bad for you too, but I I don't know. I guess it's addictive. Yeah, maybe it's addictive too. Maybe people it's like, you know, when you're young, you don't really have all these health problems. You can eat whatever you want. So maybe yeah. that that kind of carefree attitude carries into your adulthood and eventually, you know. I think most adults know that it's like, I can't eat like I did when I was 20. If I did that, I'd blow up. I'd be fat as hell. Like, <laughs> Or you can even feel it like spicy foods or something. You're like, oh man, now my stomach's all messed oh, yeah. up. Your body even just like, changes. Yeah, exactly. Even pizza would give me heartburn now. If I have a oh, piece yeah. of pizza, I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, what the hell is this? So it's like, mm-hmm. of course, you're not going to be able to continue these bad habits long-term and especially into like adulthood and maybe now that we are older maybe that's why we are focusing more on our health because i know for a fact if you were to try to tell 20 year old steven i need to eat better and do all this stuff like what the hell are you you're old like (laughs) i'm running good right now i could skate all day forever like like you can't tell me what to do so i can understand it when you're younger why you can have an attitude like that but as you get older like you need to start taking your health more serious and you can't be out partying every weekend drinking and smoking and expect your health not to be impacted by it yeah and that's that's another thing about the young people like you were kind of like bred like grown up on this stuff like i was saying um thousands and thousands of years nobody drank a coca-cola before right and now yeah. parents think that it's kind of child abuse not to give your kid a a soda or some McDonald's like, well, I can't do that to my kid. Like they're going to be unhappy. All the other kids are eating um, McDonald's and drinking Coca-Cola. Well, I could make an argument that it's child abuse to feed your kid that, right? Like you're just sitting there poisoning your kid with all this food, like a bunch of Coke and uh, ice creams and just processed foods filled with sugar and filled with salt. And then what happens? Yes, they can handle it because their body's brand new. It's a brand new car, brand new vehicle, right? But then they grow up and then they're just addicted to it. Then it's just like, oh, I'm just, this is what I just normally do. And their 20s, I just eat this stuff and drink this stuff. And it's a pattern. And then eventually goes on until you're 40. And then you start getting these diseases. You know, you start getting cancer, high blood pressure, um, diabetes. And it's like, oh, why am why am I here? Well, it all goes back from the beginning of the child abuse. I'll just say, you know, like a lot of people might not say that, but you know, you're feeding your kids bad stuff. And I'm pretty, you know, I was, I drank all that stuff and you ate that stuff. And it's a standard American diet that leads to standard American diseases. And the thing yeah. is though, why can't you feed your kid healthy stuff? There's people out there that feed their kids a lot of healthy stuff. And like, if, even if, if your parents did um, feed you that stuff when you're young and you turn 18 and 19, 20, and you're an adult now and you could feed yourself and you might say like we did, like, I ain't going to listen to you old man. But listen to us now. We're 40. Listen to us now if you're listening to this when you're young. If you do switch your diet up and become healthy and do the right things, even if you don't want to, you don't eat all the bad stuff. When you turn 40, you're going to be in optimal shape. You're going to be far ahead of your your uh, your peers, right? They're going to be the ones yeah. that are having health problems. They're going to be ones that are overweight. And you're not going to be. You're going to be healthy. And like you could live longer. So you, no matter what, like, Yes, you might be able to handle it, but just as a advice and as a warning to young people, get it in your head that you, if you want to live a nice, young, long, healthy life, it's best to change as soon as possible. I didn't start changing mentally until I was like 30, late 30s, and then really got it dialed in when I turned 40, which is just like four or five months ago. But now I'm just like, oh, I feel a lot better. I don't have the heartburn. I don't have the the gut issues or stuff as much or at all anymore. 
and I feel a lot better, but I would have much rather been like this for long periods of time and wouldn't have to do this in the first place, you know, but I was ignorant and I was young and just dumb. And I was also raised to on the Staten American diet. Yeah, I like the way you say, too, it's kind of stems back from having those patterns that you've built when you were a child. Um, I've always been like big into, you know, Mogoli barbecues, right? Yeah. So my mom, when I was younger, used to work at one of those places. And I always remember my dad saying like that he would be the guy like to get all the meats and just pack as much meat on his plate as possible. But my mom, she's Asian, um, Taiwanese. She would pack more veggies and stuff on her plate and get a little bit of meat. And it's almost like the two cultures have the their mm-hmm. nutrition 100% like backwards, where she was more focused on the different vegetables with a little bit of meat. And my dad would try to pack on as much meat as he could and a little bit of vegetables. And maybe that's why even to this day, like I like to have my veggies like... Yeah, me I too. don't like to have like uh, just a big pile of meat. Like I do enjoy the meat, of course, but I do enjoy my vegetables too. Maybe I got like a blend from both of my parents. Um, but even to this day, I like having my broccoli. I like having Brussels sprouts and kale, all that stuff just to, to balance out the meal. I think that's important too, is to have a balance in everything. Um, and not just to overindulge in one aspect, you know, one or the other. Yeah. And like, there's so much controversy and so much information online real quick. Like someone said that I have a controversial opinion. I don't think meats are bad for you. And I also have another controversial opinion. I don't think vegetables are bad for you. So like, I've seen people literally say that vegetables are bad for you. And I've seen people say meat are bad for you. It's like, it's having a well-balanced diet, doing it right, eating whole foods. Like, yes, like processed foods are the worst for you. That's what you don't want. You don't want these refined sugars and all that stuff and a bunch of sodium, but yeah, have a little bit of beef, have a little bit of turkey, have a little bit of chicken, have a little bit of broccoli, have a little bit of kale. Eat a nice, well-balanced diet, and you'll most likely be okay, right? Yeah, exactly. I was even reading something recently where um, it was some sort of broccoli recipe, and people were talking smack about the broccoli, like, broccoli's a man-made vegetable, it's not good for you. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I'm not a nutritionist or a scientist, so but I just can't imagine broccoli just being bad for you because yeah. it's man-made. Like it seems, you know, it has nutrients in it. Same thing with Brussels sprouts. I guess Brussels sprouts is a man-made vegetable. <laughs> it's not naturally occurring on earth. So huh. I don't know that. That's why they, that's was, that was uh, the argument behind it. Those are man-made, so they're not good for you. But I don't yeah. know how much, you know, proof for science is backed into that opinion. Well, I seen some guy yesterday. He's a medical doctor, MD. And he was saying that, oh, vegetables are probably not the best for you because think about this. He's like, they just sit there in one position. They can't run away. So they got to defend themselves in order for their seeds to, to hit the ground and grow. So they can't just be eaten. So they made poisons on their leaves and stuff. So if an animal eats them, they're going to get sick and they don't want to eat that vegetable anymore. So he's saying that like kale and stuff has some sort of enzymes or something in it and um, that could be bad for you and i'm thinking like well i could use your own logic against you like why wouldn't animals have they've been around they don't want to get eaten either why wouldn't they (laughs) adapt for you to have something bad in them like saturated fats could be bad for your cholesterol or wouldn't you think that the human body over millions and millions of years can adapt to eating the foods because like obviously a deer would run away but a tree with berries on it and stuff like that would be sitting right there. You could go eat it. So over millions of years, your body adapted 
to all these foods, especially because we ate a lot of plants back in the day because they didn't run away because they're yeah. right there. And what happened? Our, our body now needs these nutrients from plants. So yes, you need, there's a lot of nutrients in plants that are great for you. And there's a lot of stuff in meats like iron and stuff like that are good for you. And like vegetables and stuff have fiber, right? You can't find that in meat yeah. products. So like, that's why you need a well-balanced diet. I don't think one or the other is greater than the other, but you know, like people are saying, I just need to go all meat or I just need to go all vegetarian, maybe a little mix of both, you know, cause they ha all have different minerals. And that also goes by with the, the supplements too. You could also supplement for the stuff that you are lacking as well. You know? Yeah, exactly. I've even heard the, you know, I know a few people that went on the carnivore diet say they felt good. And then few people that went vegan say they felt good. But I've also heard the opposite from both extremes too. Like yep. I went on a carnivore diet, felt like shit. I went total vegan. I felt like shit after uh, a while. So I think it's about finding a balance and just finding something that's going to work for you. Something you could create a lifestyle change around because if you can't uh, make that adjustment and make it a lifestyle, like you're going to go back to those old patterns, those old ways of being that aren't helping you, that aren't getting you anywhere. And you need to have something that you can stick with. Like we keep saying that consistency, that's going to be your friend in this game. Like you're going to have to be consistent to get results. It's yeah. I don't really know any other way around that. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's different. Like my roommate, she uh, has a stomach intolerance to beef, you know, so everyone's different, but okay. Those are two different things. We got, you know, the first one is misunderstanding nutrition. Second one was over-reliance on prescription medications we kind of went into a little bit extra stuff there. But so the third thing that Americans get wrong about health is that the misconception of what is good for you, right? So people think things are good for you or better for you than other things when technically it's not right, right? So one thing that you uh, bring up was a glass a day of like a beer, a beer a day or a wine a day is good for you. And, uh, you know, like you're putting in poison into your body, right? Some people say like, mm -hmm. well, it thins out your blood. Well, there's foods and other things that could help you do that. For one, beet juice, right? I've been drinking beet yeah. juice. It has nit nitrates in it, which helps your body relax your muscles and relax your arteries, right? So this is beet juice. Why would you need to put alcohol in it? And people would say something like, oh, I need a glass of wine. Well, why do you need the alcohol? If you just need the glass of wine for the good effects, get the non-alcoholic wine, right? <laughs> like yeah, why exactly. do you need the alcohol it seems like you're just want to drink and get drunk and you're using it as an excuse because i heard a good quote that says addicts will make any excuse in the world to tell you what they are doing is not bad for them <laughs> and that is one of the so that's one of the things that americans get wrong right misconceptions of what's um, good for you right yeah it's funny too i think it's like alcohol and drinking is so common and so like normally or uh, socially accepted that you know you always hear those people like oh i've had a long day like i need a drink and people don't care like oh yeah like that makes sense you've had a long day you need to have one drink to to kind of take the stresses off the day but if you were to replace that with like meth or something else like then it has like <laughs> a stigma around it like oh like you're dirty human being <laughs> but i think it's so accepted that you know people don't really question it anymore where like, why do you like my whole thing was, I didn't like feeling like I needed to depend on some sort of outside substance in order for me to feel normal. Like I should be able to manage my emotions and the day to day, day to day stresses 
without smoking weed, without having a vape, without having alcohol, without needing something outside of me to make me feel normal. Like I didn't like that. And that was kind of my main reasons for stopping. But yeah, those kind of misconceptions about like, oh, it's okay to have one. Maybe it is okay to have one, but you know, I think long-term wise, you're just setting yourself up to be dependent on something outside of yourself in order to get by or, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I've seen the science where people say one glass a day is beneficial for you. One glass of wine is actually healthy for you. And then I've seen articles that say zero alcohol is what the acceptable limit should be. So depending on what you read, depending on what you believe, like, you know, you're always going to have information you know, proven both yeah. sides of the story. <laughs> and New York Times just came out with one that said that zero alcohol is good for you. They said after years, decades research that they found out no, ben <laughs> no benefits were were good from that. And uh, I just think like this, like alcohol is not good for you. It's poison. And if whatever's in the wine that's making you um, healthier or better, well, eat the grapes, go eat some grapes. Like, why do you need the wine or why do you need the alcohol? Like, it just, and it doesn't help you sleep right. You know, like it keeps you up if you're drinking it at nighttime because your body's processing all the enzymes and all that. And I just don't think poisoning yourself is ever like a good thing. And like you say, just don't want to be reliant on it. You know, it's just, I don't drink anymore and I feel better. You know, and I think it's actually better than drinking. And like, you're obviously catching a buzz, you know, but if you need other ways to de-stress, go ahead. And then, and then there's some other things too, like saying like, okay, smoking vape that's something people say like oh i smoke vape because it's better than smoking cigarettes i used to smoke cigarettes but now i smoke vape and vape is better for you but vapes yeah. we don't really have they're relatively new so we don't have all the data of what is it actually does we know cigarettes give you cancer and we know it gives you emphysema and all these other things but when i was smoking vape and the weed vapes and the um i didn't really smoke the cigarette vapes too much i was wheezing more it was hurting my lungs like you could totally tell like yeah. So they say like, well, it's better. Well, if you're trying to wean yourself off eventually, yeah, maybe switch to vape off of cigarettes and then, or cigars and cigarettes and then go to vape and then get off. But it, most people are just like saying like, what well, it's, it's like, not like I'm weaning off. I just want to do vape because it's better. And then they get hooked on that. And then now they're just have no, they're just like, well, since it's better, I'm not going to stop. You know, I'm just going to keep vaping or using hookah or something instead of cigarettes because they don't have the chemicals, but it's still not good for you. It has tobacco and nicotine in it. And it's, so you're putting smoke into your lungs, putting smoke into your lungs. The only thing that's supposed to be going into your lungs is oxygen. You know? So it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's not as it might be better than cigarettes, but it's still probably pretty horrible for you. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Basically what you're saying is to get myself off smoking cigarettes, I went to the vape. And then after, you know, a while with the vape and it's like what you said that, even with smoking the vape, I would wake up mornings and I would just have like a lot of phlegm, a lot of like mucus in my throat. And it's like your body is obviously, that's the symptom, the signs and symptoms of the vape. Like your body is all in, your lungs are probably all inflamed and now it's producing all this extra mucus that you shouldn't normally have. You shouldn't wake up and have to cough up all this phlegm. And that shouldn't be thought of as like a normal thing. But I, that's kind of how I was for a while. Like I'd wake up, I'd have phlegm, cough it up. And even like days where I had like, I'm sure there are days too, especially when I was drinking where I'd vape like crazy and I'd have like a sore throat from it almost yep. the next morning. And what do I do the next morning? Just start vaping again, <laughs> just like, like damaging your lungs even more. So it's one of those hard kind of habits to kick and get yeah. yourself away from. But 
that's exactly what I did. I went from smoking cigarettes, then I went to the vape. And then eventually, you know, I got myself off the vape more, more recently. Like I just decided like replacing one, one bad thing with another bad thing may, although, although it might be better, like I knew it wasn't healthy for me in the long run. And I was thinking, well, like maybe I'm not going to die from liver cirrhosis, but now I'm going to die from my lungs going out. So like, I'm replacing one demon with another one. So I just wanted to quit all the bad stuff all together to make sure that, uh, you know, I could be as healthy as possible and not have any excuses of why I couldn't do it. Like <laughs> vaping. Yeah. It was a hard one to get away from, but yeah, can't think and, of it as being healthy. Yeah. And those are, you just listed off a bunch of symptoms right there. Like that just alone just shows you that that's not good. And obviously you're not going to get cancer the first day you smoke and the, or yeah. the fifth day or the hundredth day. But those are symptoms that are telling you your body telling you like, this isn't good. Like if you're just breathing in oxygen, your lungs don't feel like that. You start vaping, they feel like that. So that's just telling your body telling you, listen to your signs, your body's telling you. And also I heard people yeah. speak of vapes as they're calling robot dicks. Like, hey, these are robot dicks. So every time you're <laughs> sucking on it, you're sucking on a robot dick. So think of you're sucking on a uh -huh. robot dick every time. And that's <laughs> what you're you doing. You right? a tool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So anyhow, there's also a uh, weed. Like a lot of people say that, Oh, weed is good for you. Weed isn't bad for you. Nobody has ever died from weed, but there is obviously a lot of med medicinal marijuana properties. Like, you know, it does it lowers stress. Like some people have a, a lot of stress at work. They come home, they hit a weed or whatever, and they feel better or they eat some weed. So maybe consuming it by eating it is a lot better than smoking it because your lungs only yeah. need, um, you know, eat oxygen and like you smoked, I smoked, we smoked out of pipes and we would, when we would run out of weed, we would have a bunch of resin in our pipe and we would scrape it out and we just have a huge <laughs> ball of black resin. And that's, what's going yeah. in your lungs. Like yeah, you've never smoked a cigarette in your life and you smoke just weed and you went and looked at your lungs, let's say five years, 10 years after they don't look like a healthy lung. They look yeah. really bad. And so I think it's a complete crock of shit that it's um, not bad for you at all. It's totally good for you. And nobody's ever died. Cause I think you can still get um, lung cancer from it. And obviously yeah. like you're getting tar in your lungs. That's for a fact. And like, I've smoked one time I used to smoke heavily. And I remember one of my ex-girlfriends, she would be like, dude, you were wheezing all night long. Like I feel like something's wrong. You need to stop smoking weed. So it's like, why am I wheezing? Like I don't wheeze when I just sit there and smoke, uh, just inhale oxygen all day. So yeah. yes, there is some beneficial things in it. Maybe you should just eat it instead of smoke it. You know, like maybe that's better. I don't, not sure what, what the health effects of eating it is, but I know it gets your heart rate up and that's not good. It's not good. Just good to have your elevated heart rate, right. At all yeah. times, you know, so a lot of people think there's just a misconception that, Oh, this is good for you. You can never die from it. You know, like they say, like, is it a something like you never die from weed because you're dying from other things first, you know, like, are you dying from the cigarettes? Like most people are like, they'll smoke cigarettes and weed and be like, well, nobody's ever died from weed. I died from the cigarettes. Well, maybe it's a combination yeah. of both and you're just not blaming it on one thing, you know, in your mind, but it's definitely not good, yeah. for you, especially with the tar. Yeah, exactly. Maybe in small, moderate, you know, smoking once a month or something like that, like that, maybe that, you know, is fine, but I don't know. I don't know anyone who just smokes once a month or every once in a while. Like everyone that I know that smokes, they're smoking daily. Like that's how it is for me too. If I did want to start, like I know my fiance be like, why don't you just smoke like once a month or you know once a week or something like that? I'm like, because I know if I have it, I'm gonna smoke it. Like yep. I 
and I'll start off like my habits, like, all right, I'll just do it on the weekend. And then sooner or later, it's like, now it's every night before I go yeah. to bed. And then now it's all day, every day. And then I eventually get to that point. And yeah, even with, like you said, with the pipes and stuff, you'd, you'd have all that resin, that black stuff. Like you got to think that, you know, just because you can't go inside your body and see your lungs, you don't know how they look, but, you know, eventually they're probably going to look just like that pipe. You're going to have all that tar and the black stuff just building up over time. And obviously, you know, your lungs are moving, they're expanding. It might be harder to get that same effect as a pipe, but I probably guarantee it. If you do it long enough, they will be very similar. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of misunderstanding of what is good for you and what's not. That's another thing that Americans get wrong. And the best thing to do is just not smoke at all. Not yeah. smoke and probably not drink, you know, maybe here and there, whatever, not too much. Don't overindulge and just live a healthy lifestyle. That's probably the best thing, but if you are going to do it, just don't do it that much. And thing is you do build up tolerance sometimes, like, especially with weed, like oh, I, you hit one time, hit one hit of weed and you're high. And then five months down the line, you need like 20 hits in order to stay high. You know, you're like, I don't, I don't even feel high. So you build up a tolerance as that too. So that's another reason to just limit it to as little as possible as well. Cause now you're spending money on it and all this other stuff. Yeah. Just got to figure out a different way to manage your stress. If it's meditation or working mm -hmm. out or going for a run, like figure out something that's going to benefit you that, you know, that you could get your stress out as well at the same time, hit the punching yes. bag, whatever, figure something out. Yeah. That's an important uh, point that you put out there. Cause we're talking about what they're getting wrong. Yeah. So what can you do? Uh, yes. Hit the punching bag, get out that stress after work, go out there and that's exercising do yeah. some breath work breath work is so great because you if you literally lay down and just breathe in deep breathe out like three or four times and just maybe take five ten minutes of your day or even if you're coming home yeah even if you're coming home and you pull into that driveway but before going in after a long stressful day of work before going in with the kids before going in with the crazy husband and wife or whatever sit in the car for five minutes or sit down the street where they can't see you and be like okay you just got out of traffic you're done and just sit there and just lay back in your car and relax relax and yeah. do some these are more healthier options that you could do and then instead of yeah obviously getting the alcohol like like the wine or something a day try different things that will help your body out but yeah these are different things that you could do to help relieve the stress so you don't need this stuff you know meditation and breath work really help out a lot yeah i've actually heard people too where people actually make it a thing if they've had a long stressful day at work they'll park before they go in they realize like not to bring the problems into the family because your your family they don't know what you've gone through you know they have their own problems their own stresses throughout the day so people will just sit and just kind of like you said have do a few deep breaths and just realize like all the problems that I have all the stresses that I had to have at work all the customers I had to deal with like my family didn't do that to me so to leave all that stress here with me in the car and when I go in like just be cool, calm and relaxed. And I think that is, could be beneficial, especially if you're someone who has a high stress job, you want to come home and yell at your family. Why don't you do this? Why is this, why the dish is there? You know what I mean? Just start snapping at your family when they don't know what kind of day you've had. And yep. in those ways, it could be beneficial to just do some simple breathing. Yeah. Brendan Burchard, high performing habits book. I watched him live one time and he said that in his book, that's what I got most from it is that same exact okay. thing you're saying. He's saying like, basically like, yeah, like if you had an eight hour day at work and you come home, your family or the people around you or your friends or whatever, they don't know about your day. They have no <laughs> yeah. clue of what made you mad or what ticked you off that day. 
So take that five, 10 minutes to relax, reboot and be like, okay, this is the next situation I'm going into life. These people yeah. know nothing about what's going on. So let's go in there and be like, you know, understanding of that and go in there and be like, Hey, what are you doing? Cause they have their own day that they might be stressed out on and have things too. So if both of you understand that, then you guys won't come at each other. And then I would eliminate a lot of fights and problems. And then you could just go from there and you could, you know, vent and talk about it a little bit, but don't take it out on them, you know? But yeah, that, that's a good thing. Take five, 10 minutes between like work to, tra to traffic, to traffic, to your home. Like just take five minutes in between of all stressful situations and reboot kind of a thing. Yeah, even if you didn't have a long day, like being in traffic for an hour trying to get home could make you stressed out to where you just want to be all snappy. So yes, and very important. Take the part time and do points. the breathing. <laughs> okay, so the fourth thing now is that people, Americans, get wrong about health is not understanding preventative care. So one thing that they think is, you know, they uh, don't, uh, they undervalue um, routine screenings, right? They don't think that they're at risk. You know, they, they, they think like, oh, I don't feel anything. I'm, I'm good, you know, or like, so that's one thing. So they don't go on screening, which I am a victim of this. I'm 40 years old and I still haven't got screened yet. So yeah, I need to do too. this. And this is one thing I'm an American and we get this wrong. You know, we, we're doing a lot of work on our health and this is something people do. And for me personally, the reason why I never did it is because I was always drinking and smoking and living a horrible life, like uh, not horrible life, but horrible diet and all this stuff. And I would just think like, well, when I go in there, I'm going to, I'm going to have, they're going to tell me all my shits off. All I'm my, and I always would say like, well, I already know what they're going to tell me. They're going to tell me, stop drinking, stop smoking, start eating good. That's it. They're going to tell me that, you know, I don't have nothing wrong with me. I don't feel anything wrong. And then that's yeah. not right. You know, like they would, they would tell me that, but then at least I would have the awareness that, okay, you, your blood levels off, your blood work is off, you know? your blood pressure's up or, you know, you're, you're going to get diabetes by eating like this, but they might've threw me on prescription pills going back to the other point, which I'm glad I didn't because it is hard to trust some of these pharmaceuticals and doctors. So that's all, but a lot of it is just fear. Like, you know, like nothing's more scary than the truth, right? Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I think that's what happened to my dad. And it's probably common with all of us. Like we don't want to know the problem exists, because then we're confronted with it. It's like better to put your head in the sand and just pretend that, you know, my dad would always grab his side and kind of be, I could tell it was like painful, but every once in a while he would just grab his side. But he never went to the doctors to figure out what was going on. Like he probably should have. The doctor has said your freaking liver is telling you to stop, but you just keep drinking and you're making it even worse. So that to me seems like a common problem people could have is like i'd rather not know the problems there so i don't have to deal with it but eventually if the problem becomes bad enough like you're not gonna be able to avoid it like you're gonna be in so much pain that you're gonna have to deal with it regardless so those types of things are better to catch early on too it's better to catch them early because then you can actually do some things to reverse it but if you wait until things are bad enough then you need surgery then you need the prescription drugs and some of the might be dying. things you might not even be able to reverse, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like you've done too much damage and like, sorry, but you, know, you got six months to live. Yeah. And then like, there's also the tough guy syndrome. I know as being guys, you know, like, oh, I'm like, I got pain, but you know, like, it's just pain. I'll get through it. You know, like <laughs> I'm too tough. Like I, I ain't no bitch. I ain't gonna go in there and have like these doctors tell me something's wrong with me. I'm fine. I've always been fine. I, I pushed through everything, you know, like that's another yeah. issue that people do. 
And uh, even right now, like I have a little, he's talking about side pain. Like I have a little bit of side pain right here, but it's like, I'm feeling like it's kind of radiating from back pain. You know, like I definitely got a lot of back pain, right? I went to the chiropractor once already cost thousands of dollars and uh, I have lower back pain. So then it's like higher upper back pain, like in my upper back right here. And it kind of radiates towards the front a little bit. And like, I was just thinking like, man, it's like, I need to go to the chiropractor again. Like, why not? That's preventative care. And even my roommate, she's really about health a lot too. She says that, you know, if you just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, it's going to cost you a lot more money in the long run. Something could worse could happen. So it's better to go get those massages and go get the chiropractor work, even though it costs money, like to just keep your stuff in tuned. And so yeah. it eventually doesn't lead down to it, or like you're saying a worse problem. So that's what I need to do. I need to go to the chiropractor soon here, but I also need to go get my blood work and I need to get some screenings. You know, I, I obviously when you turn around 50, they say you need to get your colon looked at and, you know, you want to, we smoked, so we should probably get our lungs looked at, you know, like, and, uh, yeah. just, you know, what's your internal organs look like? What is your, you know, your blood work gives you a lot of information, which I haven't done. So, you know, we're health over everything. We have made incredible strides in our lives. We stopped smoking. We stopped drinking. We started eating well. Now we lost weight. Um, you and I were both were overweight and now we got to get to the next level and get our blood work done, get our screenings done. And, you know, I got to get my back looked at and just get that routine work and just things that we need to do. And this is something we get wrong because some people just think they're not at risk. You know, that's like, Oh, I'm just not at risk. Like there's nothing wrong with me. And, but yeah. once you start feeling those pains, like that's your body will give you signs, right? Like your body, that's what it does. It doesn't want to die. Your body's trying to live. And so it's telling you, it gives you the signs like, Hey, there's something wrong here. Go fix it. And if you just ignore it, it could lead to a, a horrible result. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking uh, one thing that comes to mind when you're saying you have your back pain is that maybe look into like something you could do at home, look into doing like yoga or just some stretching in general, just to kind of become more limber. I know when you have muscles that are just tight, they don't allow you to like bend over as freely as you could. Obviously, if that muscle is more stretched out, it was more limber. So maybe even start incorporating something like that. Like I, I did start stretching for a little bit, but kind of gave it up. It's like you know, some of those habits are hard to make stick, but I got I recommended twice on Twitter yoga yesterday. When yoga, I was, yeah, yeah, just to help stretch you out and like just to make sure everything's flexible and you know especially as we get older there's a, a guy at work saying he's like oh you know i thought i was young i went and i was running with some kids and he was like you know i was beating him at first but then all of a sudden oh, i got like a pain in my my leg and he's like i freaking pulled my hamstring <laughs> he's yeah. all he's all limping around he's like as you get older like you're not as limber as you used to be so if you don't stretch and you know do things like that then you're just going to tighten up you, you don't want to be all stiff like the I'm trying yes, to think that's... there's like a, a quote that's like, it's the bamboo that doesn't break because it kind of bends with everything, but the stick that is too stiff, you hit it, it snaps. <laughs> yeah. it's a great point. And like preventative care could be things like yoga, obviously going to the gym, getting your, your core strengthened for back problems. Cause 80% of people have back problems in their lifetime. So, you know, like get fit, lose all that extra weight, strengthen your core, like strengthen your glutes and your hamstrings, your, your stomach, you know, like, and also do some back workouts and like yoga stretching. And I do do stretching before I go to the gym, but I do need to like incorporate some yoga and they actually have yoga classes at my uh, gym for free. You know, just, you got to just oh, nice. sign up to them. So I got to do that. I know my roommate does that here and there, but yeah, there's a, uh, 
a lot of people have preventative care and a lot of preventative care just means getting on a nice nutritional diet, like doing some yoga and stretches, uh, you know, stop drinking, like stop smoking. These are preventative too. Like don't do this, you know, yes. like meditate, get your stress levels down, sleeping well, like go to sleep. These are all preventative cares as well. As long as, as also with getting screened, getting your blood work done, getting your routine checkups as well, which we still need to get on, but there's a yeah. lot of different ways of preventative care to make sure that you're running good. And because nobody likes pain and pain is just the body's way of telling you something wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of ties into everything that we've already been talking about, like having your nutrition dialed in, getting your exercise in, those could be thought of as preventative care, because the healthier you are, the more fit you are, just the more well being you're going to have in general, like yeah. that's just how it works. And those things aren't necessarily easy to do. You just kind of, I was actually thinking about this this morning. It's like, it's almost like a cold plunge. Like those are the things you don't want to do. It's like no amount of thinking is going to get you to want to do those things. It's just something you have to say, I'm going to do it and just do it. Like that's it. You don't have any questions. We're not here to debate if we're going to exercise today or not. You have to build it into like your mind that this is what we do and we're going to do it. Like, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter if I'm tired. It doesn't matter if I have to go cook or do whatever, pick up my son, like do all that. But no matter what happens, we are still going to exercise and make that a part of your lifestyle. And it's going to help you with the preventative care. It's going to help you just feel good in general. And it's like one of the must things I think you got to do if you're, you know, serious about your health and your well-being. Yeah. So definitely today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on YouTube on my TV back here and do a little bit of yoga for the first time. Try to try it out because I never tried it out. Just do a real beginning, a beginner's course. And like go yeah. from there because my back definitely hurts and it's like my upper back to right here on the back. And it's kind of like there's a radio, it's called, I think it's radiating pain, not radiating, or referral pain or whatever, where it's like, okay, your back hurts and it shoots to a different part, like your nerves and stuff. So it's like, yeah, I'm having a lot of problems with my back. And also it's like posture too. A lot of people are on their phones and on computers all day, sitting like you're sitting down and you're all that weight just pressing on your backbone. All slumped over. Yeah. Or you're like, yeah, you're looking at your phone with your head down like that. So you're like, obviously that's going to put a strain on your back. And obviously my job of construction, I've been over for 25 years. That definitely has something to do with my back problems because we worked a yeah, long they, day yesterday. <laughs> Sometimes I'm thinking like, is it my internal organs? They're like what's wrong? You know, like, <laughs> and it sucks because it's like, man, I'm doing all this health stuff. And like, I had a friend that says, Oh, when you're, when you start getting healthy is that, that, that it shocks your body. And that's when the, the health problems come in because you shock your body, which isn't true. I don't think, but I think it gives you more awareness of what's going on because now you're totally, um, you know, focused in and zoned in on what's your body's feeling like. So yeah. like, it's like, Oh man, it's like, is it my organs or something? But then I also think too, it's like, well, I just went to work yesterday and I haven't been working as much. And we worked a long, hard day yesterday. And now my back hurts more than it usually does. So I'm like, well, it's probably that. And I could kind of feel it's the muscles, but still I got to get this preventative care, especially now since we've been healthy, getting healthier. Like now I could go to the doctor and I can't say like, well, I know what they're going to say. Stop drinking, stop smoking, start eating better because I'm already doing all those three things. So now it's like, now I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, now I'm not doing it long enough because I want my, my metabolic health to be even better before I go to the, the, the health provider, you know? But I'm like, there yeah. we go. And they're making another excuse. I just need to go. <laughs> and a lot of things too is the the cost. You know, like healthcare is definitely a lot of money. I know I spent a couple thousand dollars on the chiropractor. You know, like so like people think like, well, if I do go and there's something wrong, 
well, that's going to cost me ten, twenty thousand dollars You know, what if I need surgery or something? You know, it's going to cost me a hundred thousand dollars and I don't have that money. And my family can don't have that money. I'd rather just battle through it. And if I die, I die. You know, some people think yeah. that, you know, yeah. this is a lot of thing, like, but you know, that's not the right outlook on it. Cause you know, your family needs you, you know, like, so if you do spend the money and get healthy, then you can make money for a longer period of time and maybe a couple more decades. And also those experience that you could share with your family as well, you know? Yeah. Yep, definitely. Uh, I think another thing we have on our list is, is people rather get a treatment than prevention. Oh, yeah. So I think I think that's also true as well, that it's kind of like everything we've been saying. It's just harder to do the prevention stuff because that's the stuff that requires the lifestyle change. Like, mm -hmm. I want to go in and just get a pill from the doctor and take it and just keep living my same life, doing everything the same exact way and just be healthy. And that's just a road for disaster, too. It's like yeah. then you're dependent upon the pill. You're dependent. You need to go see the doctor when you run out and that costs money for that pill. And eventually the pill is going to have a wear and tear in your body. Like your liver is going to have to process that pill, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're going to have your organs start to go out eventually because you're putting your, your internal organs through more stress and more filtering and all that stuff than it normally would be when you could just make the lifestyle change. Like everything's going to boil down to, to the basic, to the root, to the fundamentals, like get your, your nutrition good get your exercise you know your fitness regimen going like i feel like we just keep saying the same stuff over and over but that's but really all it boils down that's to what it is, is you gotta get like the fundamentals down because without that like you're gonna run into problems eventually yeah and then uh like the treatment over prevention it's like oh people just say like well i'll just fix it when it happens like oh if i'm gonna have uh, <laughs> diabetes then i'll just then i'll just stop eating sugar it's like okay i'm gonna just stop smoking when Okay, so you're gonna stop smoking once you get on a breathing machine, and when you get, <laughs> when you have to carry around an oxygen tank around, because you know the people do that. Well, I know a nurse that she's a respiratory therapist, and she says there's people in her hospital with an oxygen machine, smoking, and they're, they're fighting her to go smoke a cigarette. Like they, like what is, what what kind of addiction does it take to get to that point and to do that? Like I'm you know, you're literally almost dead, you know, you're on a breathing machine and you're still out there saying, I need a cigarette, like, and you're fighting someone over it. Like it just, that's crazy. So it's better just to get it as that's soon as possible I'm... before you get to these points, even if you're young. Yeah, it makes me think of like, dude, it, it really is like a uh, addiction is a bitch because like, once you get caught in your ways, it's like, man, it's like, you know, that it's the smoking that got you to that point. Yeah, you still want to go smoke. You're hooked up to that damn oxygen machine and you probably probably need breathing treatments and all this other stuff. Yet you still want to go back to the very thing that caused you to be in this position. Like that to me is a it's a it's kind of unbelievable that someone could be like that, but yeah, it happens. <laughs> That's why we say when you're 20, you might be hard headed and say, I don't need this old man, but fix your habits now because they become habits that are unconquerable sometimes when you get later on in life. And that brings us to have those people smoking through their throat <laughs> yeah those yeah they need more of those santa things to show people but um so number five our last point here of why people get things wrong is quick fixes right people want the quick fix yeah. which kind of like ties into all the other things we've been saying with the the prescription pills and um you know the stuff like that they don't want the preventive care but you know, like the number one quick fix is take a pill. Like that's what everyone's thing is. I so easy just to swallow a pill and be like, oh, I'm fixed. But then you have all the side effects. 
but there's other things too, like fad diets and tummy wraps. And what other things could you think of that people do as like quick fixes? Um, dude, the tummy wraps used to irritate me because there was a, you know, it was years ago. I don't feel like they're big anymore, but when they came out, it was like people were trying to sell them and like, Oh, look at, what was it called? Like it was some, some with the, something with the wraps. I can't remember the company, but I've had there's friends trying to push it and like, oh, look at I've done it. I've lost all this weight. I'm like, like you're not losing fat. I'm like, nothing's gonna suck the fat out of your body. If anything, like it's sucking the water out of your tummy, but you're not actually losing weight by wrapping your damn stomach. Like, and it yeah, yeah, it's not gonna target, you know, people would have like the before and after. The only thing that I could think of. Like I said, like it's sucking the water out of you. So if you needed like a quick fix, like, oh, I'm going to get married. I, I'll do this for a little bit before the wedding. You don't have enough time to lose the weight. Like maybe something like that, but it's not going to work long, long time. You're not going to be wrapping your damn stomach every day or however long you have to do it. It's just, um, yeah, they used to irritate me. People just think. Yeah, like, oh, I think it was called the lap band, right? The lap band. No, I think, I think the lap bands and that's an actual like surgical procedure, right? Where they like sure. put, I think that's where they put a band around your stomach so you oh, feel okay. full, so you don't eat as much. Like, yeah, that could work too because like now you feel like your stomach's smaller. So, like, oh, all right, well now I feel full, so I'm not going to eat as much as I normally would. Well, the tummy wrap it. is what is the tummy wrap? Just something you put around your stomach? Yeah, it looked like saran wrap or something, and you'd rub rub some sort of like gel on your stomach, and then you wrap your stomach, oh, and okay. it was supposed <laughs> to help you lose weight. I'm like, what? The, that doesn't even make sense. But there were so many people pushing in and like, oh my god, I lost so much weight from doing this. Like, I used to drive me nuts seeing that shit. <laughs> yeah, or those people that just put those bands around their stomach and be like, oh, I'm sweating all day, like I'm losing weight. I'm like, no, you got to stop eating as much you gotta get in calorie deficit and you got to start doing sit-ups you know like you're not gonna just put a band over your stuff and like sweat more around your stomach and be like oh i'm losing weight you know like that's not the the core way of fixing your your stomach fat you know yeah i know people used to have a another this is another misconception that's not on the list that you can like spot reduce fat like well i just want to lose fat in my thighs and in my stomach but in in nowhere else like that's not how how it works you can't just do a bunch of sit-ups and lose weight only in your stomach it doesn't work like that like you have to overall just lose your whole body fat percentages and Mm -hmm. people are going to hold weight in different areas some people might hold it in their face more some people might be their legs or their stomach you have to lose the body fat percentage and it's going to fall off wherever it falls off for you. We're all very different people. So whatever, you know, works for me, it might not work for you, but the main thing is to get the body fat percentage down. And eventually once you get low enough, the muscles that you have are going to pop. And if you don't have the muscles there, you need to make the muscles. (laughs) Yep. That's another thing. Like if you don't have enough, if you don't have abs, you're not going to be able to see your abs once you cut down. Like you're just going to be flat. So you got to build muscle as well to make everything look good. So when the body fat is low. Yeah, exactly. You can't spot reduce fat. Yeah. Like I've lost 50 (laughs) pounds and uh, I've, I, yes, I got fat off my face, off my arms, off my legs, you know, maybe and off my stomach as well, but I can't just get 50 pounds off my stomach and keep it (laughs) on my face and on my arms, you know, like it just (laughs) overall, if you lose one pound of body fat, you're losing a little bit on every part of your body. You know, you're not losing it all yeah. in one spot. But also exactly. another uh, quick fix that people have is the fad diets, which is funny because like, you know, I'll post my food all the time on social media 
Um, and they'll be like, well, what kind of, are you on a, a keto diet? And I'm like, what a keto, what is it? I don't do these fad diets. I don't know what you're talking about. Keto diet. What is that? Or they're like, there's a Mediterranean diet. Like, and then like, I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm just eating nice whole foods, eating less than I'm burning per day and just trying to eat better. I'm not sitting there like, what is like, if a uh, keto diet, I guess is what just not eating bread. So like, okay, yeah. like if I want to eat a piece of bread, I'll eat a piece of bread. <laughs> like if I, if I don't have enough calories for that day and uh, let's say I'm 700 calories under and I have nothing else to eat besides a piece of bread and some peanut butter on it. Like I'll eat that, like whatever, like maybe it's not the best thing or whatever, but you know, I'm not on some strict weird fad diet because then you're like, well, I can't eat this because um, it's, this is all I have in the house or, and then now you're just hungry, you know, like you still got to keep your uh, macros in order and keep your watch your calories in and calories out but also it's like these fad diets are just fads like we're we're doing a lifestyle this is our lifestyle this is how we live now yeah. we eat healthy every day it's not a fad diet so it's not like a little quick fix like oh, i'm gonna get on this paleo diet and uh for three weeks and i'm gonna be skinny no you need to yeah. have something that's sustainable over time yeah. And that's another thing I've had people ask me too. It's like, Oh, what, what diet do you think is the best? Do you think the keto diet is, you know, will that work for me? And, and, and uh, the answer I give people, and I think it's something that a lot of people don't want to hear is whatever diet that you could be consistent with, that's going to give you the results because there's no point in me telling you to do a diet that you can't do. If you yeah. end up resorting back to your old ways, like, then it's not going to work for you. So if you can do keto and cut out all the breads, and if that helps you stay in a deficit, that's what's going to work for you. If you want to eat only meat, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't go that route, but that might work for you in the short term. But anything that you can sustain long-term is what is going to be best for you because consistency, exactly. We've, I've been saying that all day too. Like yep. you need to be consistent. So there is no point of me telling you to do something that you're not going to do. Because that's not going to change anything. It's like, find something that works for you. Stick with it. Do it for at least three months. And if you don't like it, do something else after that. But just don't fall back into your old habits, your old over overindulging. And, you know, you know, we all have different lifestyle changes. So whatever got you fat, stop doing those things. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know, trial and error too. Like, you know, try yeah. something and see if it's working and see if you could sustain it. And if it doesn't, then try something else. You know, I tried many different things and now I'm on a pretty steady diet where I could eat a lot of food and I'm also in a calorie deficit. And it's basically just cooking at home, steak, chicken, or uh, uh, fish. And then I'll just have fruits and vegetables throughout the day. And to, you know, like I'll eat my steak and a potato and I'm like, I need something sweet. So I'll go eat some strawberries or something, you know, and that helps me with that. So I finally figured out something that was really sustainable and it's been working and I've been losing about a pound a week and still losing Thanks. a pound a week. And so it's pretty good, but yeah, just trial and error as well. Yeah. For the people hearing this, if you don't know, this guy looks like a completely different person from a, he posted a picture recently on social media where it looks like the fatter version ate the little version of it. <laughs> it looks like, <laughs> looks a like I was pregnant. Change. Yeah, it's crazy how much this guy's body has changed. And super proud of you for doing all that. That's yeah. freaking uh, shows your hard work, your dedication, kind of shows your mindset and your discipline. Freaking happy for you, brother. Thank you so much. And I also heard a quote that says that too. Your body is a manifest manifestation of your mind. So if your mind yeah. is sitting there thinking like, I'm going to be healthy. And like, if you have a nice, healthy body, and you're actually 
like doing that, like all the good stuff, that's because your mind is, is the word it comes from. Like, you know, that you're dedicated, you know, that you're consistent, you know, and if you're overweight and you look like, and you don't take care of yourself and you're grooming as well, like how you look and your clothes and all that stuff. And you're like, you could tell your mindset, you know, it's like, so it's like, you could tell someone's mindset by their body. And not to say that everyone that is skinny is healthy because there's a lot of people with other issues of not eating too much. Um, like, you know, stuff like that, throwing up and all this other things, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of different issues that people have, not just a lot of people are overweight, but there are some people that are underweight as well. But there's also with the, the quick fixes, go back to that. Um, I remember growing up, uh, there was a drug called FinFin, right? And that was supposed to be a okay. weight loss diet. <laughs> That's what people would do. Like it was like a pill or something, but what it had in was methamphetamines. It had methamphetamines <laughs> in the pill. So basically it was like a speed pretty much meth, you know, meth. And even my mom took it, right? And she was losing weight, but it was methamphetamines. And they actually <laughs> banned the pill because it had methamphetamines because people were taking it, extracting the methamphetamine and making actual meth out of it. Oh, damn. And, uh, you know, so, you know, these are just quick fixes. Instead of just doing a nice healthy diet, they're just like, oh, I'll take this pill. And it kind of reminds me of today, there's a new pill on the market. I think it's called Opentazine or something like that. Have you heard of that? No, not necessarily. Oh, it was it was trending on Twitter or X a couple weeks ago, but it's a new pill that's out there that people are taking. Oh, I think I did hear about that. It's for like uh diabetics, but people like a side effect is weight loss. I yeah. think it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know if I got the word right. It's like opimpazine or omethazine. I forgot what it's called, but um, this pill. I think I've never seen that. Yeah. And then people were, it was trending, but they were saying that it, like a lot of people are losing a lot of weight on it, but it's, it's actually taking the weight from your muscle mass it's taking like it eats away at your muscle mass mm -hmm. and not your fat so you're losing weight but you're losing muscle mass so older people because i don't know if you've all heard this but older people have a lot of problems with falling right because you're you if you don't have enough muscle mass this is why in your 40s and stuff like that you need to start working on your muscle mass at least to keep it toned because when you turn in your 60s and stuff you get frail and you fall a lot of people fall and they break a hip and then that's when they get into these core morbidities and they end up dying from the not being able to move because of the fall they took because they didn't have muscle mass. So people that are in sixties or something are taking this pill and it's eating away at their muscle mass. And then now they're going to be prone to falls, which can lead to injury and then sedentary lifestyle, which will eventually lead to their own demise. So, you know, this, like these quick fixes aren't really the way. And that's what people get wrong. Like, Oh, maybe I should take this fin fin. Maybe I should take this omethazine or whatever it's called, you know, like, or lap band or, you know, these stomach wraps and stuff like that and no like lifestyle will always be number one we'll preach it over and over again and this broadcast over and over again because that's the number one thing lifestyle diet you know healthiness going to the gym getting your mood right your mental health all this stuff is definitely all intertwined as one thing and overall health right yeah for sure i think more recently like the number one thing that i think has helped with my mental uh my mental health is being exercise and eating good and just pushing myself you know the cold plunge i think got me into all of that but once i started working out and eating good like my mental health i feel like has never been in a better place because i just mm -hmm. feel good about myself like i yeah. have more energy i'm pushing myself when i do my workouts i think that an aspect of that just makes me feel good about myself just knowing that I'm doing the things that I should be doing. When I was sitting around on my couch, scrolling through social media, not doing anything, I think 
that is why I felt bad because I wasn't doing anything, especially like nobody is stopping me from working out except for me. No one's stopping me from going into the kitchen and making myself a nice healthy meal except for me. So it's those little things that I think wear and tear on your mental. Like if you don't do the things you're supposed to do, like you're probably not going to feel the best. But once you start doing those things, like you just feel good about yourself. Yeah. And it's like a, um, it's like a revolving door or something like that. I don't know how to describe it, but the mental health helps the physical health. The physical health helps the mental health. Like if your body feels good, your mind feels good because now your body isn't feeling bad and signaling signals to your mind. And then if your mind feels good, then you're more likely to do the good stuff for your body. So it's like they're a team and you know, like that's, that's why it helps out a lot. Well with that. And, uh, yeah, so it's like a whole the whole package, right? The whole package of health is mental health and all that together, like getting sunlight, like getting sleep, like all the stuff that we preach over and over again. Yeah, be selfish with your health a little bit because that's one thing that nobody else is really going to be able to help you out with. Like no one's going to be able to to drag me out of bed, take me to the gym, make me work out. Like I have to be the one that picks up that weight. And yeah. with your health journey, you are going to be the one that has to pick yourself up. And it, that's the hard part. But the good part is no one is stopping you except for yourself. <laughs> and like I say, if you're unhealthy, you got yourself into that position unless you're a child, you know, because they say like children that are obese and unhealthy, pretty much 80, 90 percent chance that they're going to be unhealthy and overweight into their adult years. So it's kind of like we we're saying the child abuse earlier, like you got to make sure you treat your kids right and give them the healthy stuff. Yes, they're going to cry and whine because they want the, the bad stuff for them. And maybe here and there you can treat uh, teach them. Um, what do you call it? Like just a little bit at a time, like you could have it here and there, but don't let them overdulge where they're eating a whole thing of ice cream in one night at like 11 o'clock at PM, you know, like you got to treat your teach your kids good habits because, you know, but other than that, it's you that got yourself into these, into this bad weight. And it's only going to be you to get yourself out of it. You know, like you're saying, nobody can go to the gym. Nobody can eat well for you. Well, nobody's forcing, feeding you as an adult, these bad things. Like they're not forcing you to go to the ice cream parlor and eating a big old thing of ice cream or going to McDonald's every day and eating McDonald's. You know, you got to make that decision. Like I'm not going to McDonald's. I'm going to go eat a, a fish, you know, a salmon at my house and cook it and, and some broccoli or something, you know, so you got yourself into it. You got to get yourself out of it. Yep, exactly. And just try to, since you brought up fish, it made me think in life, because I was only re really eating like eggs, chicken and turkey. And I'm like, maybe that's not enough, like, uh, like a well-rounded nutritional basis. So I started looking into it. I'm like, I'm going to start eating more fish. <laughs> yeah. So because I saw you eating fish, I'm like, oh, I started kind of digging into it. So now. I have more fish. I'm probably going to do start eating fish maybe two to three times a week just to make sure that I'm covering all the vitamins, all the minerals, getting nutrition from as like as many different things as I can. Yes. Just to keep the machine running good. Like I want to be healthy. I want to feel good. And, you know, that's the stuff you have to do. It's not that's exciting it. and it's not really fun to do all of it, but it's necessary. And that goes back to the uh, the good to number two, the fats. Like there's healthy fats like omega oils that are in fish are good for your heart and that's a yep. good fat right and uh yeah and i do that too i, I balance it with a bunch of different stuff i try to like go to sprouts a farmer's market and try to get as many different things i get in beet juice i'm getting like some carrots some like just different stuff i'm like oh i haven't had carrots in a while that has something that broccoli doesn't have you know like and just try different stuff i'm like, let me get some spinach let me get some kale this time you know like 
and let me get some broccoli. Let me get some, um, I said broccoli. Let me get some garlic, you know, let me put some of that on there. Let me get some bell peppers, just different stuff. So I know I'm getting all different nutrients from different stuff, but that's going to lead us into this ending of this podcast. But we're also going to have a little bonus thing of what people said on social media, because I asked social media what they thought Americans got wrong about health. And I got seven different answers and we're just going to go through them kind of a lightning round kind of thing. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the first one that someone said that diet is the primary solution over action. People fail to realize that our biggest deficiency deficiency is activity. We are far more sedentary than we are designed to be and try to alleviate lack of action with diet only. And most fail because of that. Yeah, to me, that 100% makes sense. Like having nutrition, especially if you're trying to be like uh, physically optimal, is only going to take you so far. You need the exercise aspect of it. And plus, like having more muscle is going to allow you to eat more food. You're going to be burning calories, more calories at all times just by having more muscle. So it's going to allow you to eat the more nutritious foods. You're going to have to be able to eat more of it. Yes. And like the second, another person said the second one was sedentary lifestyle, which goes with that one. The What these two people are saying is that, yes, you can eat a diet and you can be well, but you also got to go out, walk. Like most people can walk. Like even if you're over, way overweight, try to go walk around the block, you know, but if you're a little bit healthier, run, hike, like go to the gym, do, do some physical activities, like go run around with your kid, go, you know, go play some baseball with them or something like get out there and live life. Like it's not like life isn't about just being in the house. Like we are people and people are meant ever since day one to be able to be roamers and they roamed around and hunted and stuff. So move around. And that's just more like, like we're saying the complete package of health. That's part of it. Yes. Diet is number one. Like it is definitely very like a lot of it, but we are not sedentary people and just sitting there all day long is not good for anything in your organs or your bodies or your muscles, right? So get moving. Yeah. Or your mind. Yeah. Or your mind. So number two was, which is kind of one I was always had a fear of since I had high blood pressure was fear of having too much salt. Someone said, and we learned a little bit about that this week, last weekend, there's different kinds of salts, right? Yeah, that's something that I really didn't look too much into as well because or either because I didn't I've never really had problems with my blood pressure. So I've never really had to look at my sodium intake. But yeah, my fiance, uh, my fiance's brother was telling us about uh, was it Celtic salt? Yeah, Celtic salt. That's what it's apparently called. has like just different properties than like the table salt, which is apparently bad for you. So it had I can't go into the science behind it, but yeah, I think yeah. it absorbs your body difference and it pulls different nutrients into your body. And iodine. It's supposed it's to be iodine. Yeah, but it was supposed to be healthier for you. I haven't, like I said, I haven't looked too much into it, but yeah, you do think, need a certain amount of salt in your diet. You just can't cut all the salt out. Like you, yeah. your body needs that mineral, electrolytes, all that stuff. Well, like I think what it was is like the table salt is bad because it's just like refined sugar they refine all the minerals out of it. So it's just mm-hmm. basically iodine salt. And so like table salt, what you buy at the grocery store isn't as good for you. And the Celtic salt has like, he said 98 minerals in it that your body needs and it absorbs the water and keeps you more hydrated. 
So he said it was kind of hard to get, but kind of look into Celtic salt. There's also sea salts and stuff. It's kind of the same thing, but they have minerals in them and the table salt, they refine them where it has no minerals. So that's the problem. And obviously having too much salt, in my opinion, is bad for people with um, high blood pressure, obviously, but maybe it's just table salt. I haven't really experienced it. And I follow a doctor online, doctor, I forgot his name, but um, he always talks about having salt. So that's like a big topic, a thing, but you need it for hydration. Like if you're going to be out hiking and running around and exercising a lot and, uh, you know, working in the sun, like I do, you're going to need salt for hydration because you don't, you could have a heat stroke or something like that. So, but just make sure you're getting like your salt intake, but also getting, uh, um, the, the good salts, the Celtic salts, the sea salts, not the table salt. That's what I think is bad for you, but I still need to do, we need to do more research on that. And especially since I have, I had high blood pressure and lowering it right now, but lowering my salt intake, especially in the processed foods, that's when it's really bad. And that's like, so like, yes, you can have salt, but have the good salt and don't have processed foods, like anything at Subway, anything at McDonald's or anything is going to be high and refined table salts. And that's just not good. Yeah. They say like yeah. you need 2,500 milligrams per salt per day. If you're high, high blood pressure under 1,500, 1,300, but who knows what the two science, the real science about that. But I think the main thing is don't eat salty foods. Don't eat packaged foods. Don't eat frozen foods and don't eat um, fast foods. Cause those are the ones high or extremely high in, in salt. Okay. Another one that we have here is this one. I didn't know if it was a joke or what it was, but she said that unrefined sugar is like maple syrup. So that's the unrefined sugar is like maple syrup. So that's something or honey. Coconut sugar is better than white sugar. Added sugar is added sugar. <laughs> and that's all she said. So I'm thinking that she's just going with like, basically same thing, like with the salt, the refined sugar is bad. But there's sugar and things like maple syrup, honey, or um, fruits that are, you know, better for you, a lot better for you. Like, you're not going to say like, I'm not going to eat no sugar, but you you want fruits, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I think that's what she's trying to say. Yeah, just to keep your, your sugar intake from naturally occurring things, you know, not a candy bar, stick more with like apples, grapes, just any kind of fruit, pretty much. Yeah, and they have, you know, other nutrients in it, like potassium and stuff like that, that counterbalance yeah. the sugar as well. So it's kind of like, yeah, the sugar might raise your, your blood level, sugar levels, but the potassium and stuff will lower it. So it kind of like balances out a little bit there. And uh, yeah, I had people tell me things like, oh, you should eat a banana. It has a lot of sugar in it. I'm like, but they're overweight and like extremely overweight. And I'm just like, okay, well, look at what you're, what are you eating? That's sugar. <laughs> a banana. Like I don't eat candy bars and all that stuff. So just look, be wary about, you know, Americans do have that wrong in opinions about fruits and vegetables. Like I'm not going to eat fruits because it has sugar in it, but they'll go pound sodas and candy and chocolate, you know? So, and another yeah. one that said just McDonald's, that's all it said. It's like, what do Americans have wrong about health? McDonald's don't go to McDonald's yeah. people. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> just... I actually knew a guy that, uh, he was eating McDonald's pretty much like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I think health wise, I think his health started taking it because he was relatively young, probably in his, his uh, early thirties, mm -hmm. but he started losing his hair, his fingernails stopped like growing his, wow. the pigment, the pigment in his skin has started to become like blotchy, uh -huh. but he literally wouldn't, I've never seen him eat it like a home cooked meal. It was like breakfast, stop at McDonald's lunch, go get some sort of fast food. And then dinner, he'd be at my cousin's house and go get McDonald's. And, yeah. I was like, most of his meals are just fast food and 
I don't know. I don't know why he, you know, we were younger too. So maybe that's a reason why we never really thought about it. But like, you should, you should have started looking into his nutrition. I don't know if he went to the, ever went to the doctors for it, but you can't just be eating like crap and. Yeah. Some people might say, healthy, like, <laughs> yeah, some people might say like, Oh, I'm just getting the healthier options at, and it's not just McDonald's, all these fast food, Jack in a box, Burger King. I'm just getting the healthier yeah. options there. You know, there's still no healthier options there. Just don't <laughs> there. Just don't go. Even the salads, like they put, they get the dressings and stuff and fill it with stuff. Or they have like, you're getting a salad at Jack in a box with crispy chicken on top of it. Oh, that crispy chicken is cooked with seed oils and fat and like, and it's just not good. Just rather just go home and make your own salad. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we got a couple more here. The last one was think um, that drinking milk is good for you. So this guy says that one of the things that people get wrong is that milk is good for you. And I know we used to have the ads saying like, it does the body good which I hear that raw milk is good for you. I don't know. Like we're the only species that drinks milk after you're a baby and we drink in other animals milk. But uh, yeah, I know a lot I've of the, that argument. the normal milk that you get at the grocery store is has hormones and all that stuff in it. So I'm not too, you know, educated on what milks. Cause I don't really even drink milk. I used to drink milk all the time. Like I drink so much milk, just the regular milk. But I do hear like raw milk and you know, obviously there's different kinds of milk, like almond milk and all that other stuff. But I'm thinking they're talking about regular milk with the hormones in it isn't isn't good for you as people think, which is probably true. Yeah, it kind of like what you said when I when I've heard uh, the theories that go against drinking milk, that's the first thing that popped into my mind is like a cow milk is meant for cows. It's not meant for humans. I'm like, we're the only ones drinking the milk from another uh, species or and expecting it to be good for you it's like you know maybe you should drink human breast milk i don't know i think that there might be something to that i think i've heard of something like that like pro athletes drinking breast milk from from women for the protein or something yeah. like that i'm sure it exists if i've if i've had the thought yeah. we'll look into it all the stuff we're, we're getting more educated for the podcast and for you guys so we're going to learn more about this but this one comes from a special guy prime son your nephew <laughs> shout out prime nice. son but he says, one thing for sure is people assume because they aren't overweight that they are healthy. So basically mm -hmm. saying that just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're healthy, which is even though I lost a lot of weight, my blood pressure is still high at times. And that's one thing. But also people could be bulimic. People could, like you're saying, like we could just eat hot Cheetos all day and have be in a calorie deficit and be severely nutrients lacking. Or you could be skinny and have extremes amount of stress, you know, like stress is a killer and you could be unhealthy with stress. Like you could have a heart attack from that too. So yeah, I think that just goes around along well with just like the overall health. Like, yes, you can get your diet even on point and be skinny, but you also have to get your blood work done. You have to get your screenings. You have to get your mental health good. You have to, you know, get your stress levels down, sleep well, like you could be skinny and not sleep well and have a lot of issues. So, you know, the health over everything podcast here like it's about a a, a wide range of healthy things and it's not just diet so it's like you got to get to get an optimal elite health it goes with everything you know go hang out with your friends here and there have a good time get laughing you know like lots of things with health instead of just nutrient nutrients and i think that's what he's talking about there yeah to uh kind of piggyback off of what you say too um, I think your, your mental health is a very important role in it too. Cause if you are depressed, like 
you're not necessarily going to want to feel like doing anything. Like you're probably going to want to stay in your room and freaking have that bucket of ice cream and just watch Netflix and sit there and just be sad for yourself. So it all ties in together. It's like, but I think uh, a big part of it too is making sure your mental health is good. And like you said, the revolving door, like the the feedback loop is like, the more you focus on your physical health, the more your mental health is going to feel better. And it starts to kind of feed off of each other. And eventually you get into a place where you're feeling good and you look good and you have a bunch of energy and it all just kind of ties in together, helping you be overall just more of a happy, more well taken care of, well. Yeah. One more point on that too. It's like, yeah, if you eat really bad and stuff, you could die of these diseases and that's not healthy. But if you're really skinny and stuff, you, your mental health is messed up. You could commit suicide. You're dead anyways. So either way you could die. So mental health and physical health are both in general, like great things that like work on, you know, you got to work on both. And the last yeah. one is treating symptoms and thinking they are healed versus root causes. And we talked about that a lot in the podcast, which is true, right? <laughs> Obviously we talked about it. Like a lot of people want to treat the symptoms instead of the root causes. And that's a yeah. Yep. You got to get back to the basics, kind of get connected with yourself, you know, yep. feel what you're, you're physically doing, feel what you're physically eating. Like you need to get those in check. Yep. So that's the end of the podcast. That's five, five things Americans get wrong about health. Hope you guys got a lot of uh, value out of that podcast because we, you know, we, I think we dropped a lot of nuggets and a lot of value for the viewers. And if you got a lot of value from that, make sure that you, uh, like subscribe share with a friend that needs some of these uh tips and tricks and you know shout us out on your social medias and you know everything helps so we're trying to build this up to try to help as many people as possible right and uh exactly. you know you could even go to our website socalgula.com too uh to buy a shirt to help support us or whatever but other than that um yeah it's like that's been a great podcast steven how do you how do you feel about this one pretty good pretty good makes me just kind of want to look into other sorts of information to just give more information to the viewer. Hopefully, you know, some of the information we gave you was valuable, but that's pretty much what we want to do. We want to help the people that want the help that don't necessarily have the information at hand and kind of just help them through our lifestyle experiences and just to help everyone become a better version of themselves. Yep. And we're not doctors, you know, we're not, nutritionists or nothing like that this is all the stuff that we're like hearing we're going through in our own lives we're experiencing and like we're just learning along the way in real time with you guys and just trying to <laughs> share what we're learning with you guys from actual doctors and from actual like people that are nutritionists and healthy people and you know like we're we're trying to get as healthy as we possibly can in all different ways so you know like you want to take advice from and like and knowledge from people that are doing it and not other than the people that are not doing it, like your coworker that's overweight or something like that. So, you know, we're just trying to share as much and trying to help as much and give value as much as we can. That's what we're doing it all for. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it for this podcast. And we are also on number 10, double digits now. This is our 10th podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, guys. Well, I guess uh, that's it. I'm so Calgula. I'll see you on the next one. And yeah, Stephen Z signing out. Have a good day, everyone. Thanks for uh, tuning in and stopping by. All right, bye.